You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalam ala Rasulullah. Uh, welcome to Mindful Parenting. Today's topic is Islamic educational priorities and with me today is Sheikh Amr. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Okay. Um, one thing, uh, Sheikh Amr, uh, we want to cover is is basically when we're thinking about uh, under the umbrella of mindful parenting, um, the majority of people are sending their kids to school. Um, and I think you, you've mentioned this in another show before, kids are coming home from school after a very long day, quite quite clearly tired. Um, and then still there's time, that's the time that the parent has in order to impart our faith to them during the few hours that they have after homework or before homework or before bed. Um, so what we'd like to know is what you would consider Islamic educational priorities in terms of what's the priority to impart to the kids during the time that we have with them at the end of the day. Because one thing you hear a lot of in relation to this particular topic is the first question people might wonder about is can the child read Quran and that that seems to be a, a, a thing most people are concerned about the most but um, I'd like to know from you what what you think we should prioritize yes so alhamdulillah the reason why people prioritize the Quran because uh, as we know that the reason that people prioritize the Quran is because it's it's intrinsically linked to the Salah so you can't read the Salah without having the Quran. So the, the traditional push has always been need to get the kids to learn Quran so because they'll need that when it comes to reading Salah. And also just obviously it's the, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, however, um, most of the time the focus is just on recitation and not on uh, any type of understanding. I mean one solution which um, I've, I've mentioned before is if parents themselves got themselves educated in Islam. They don't have to be scholars, but they, if they got themselves educated to a reasonable level, uh, remember kids are not going to ask you deep philosophical questions. Mm-hmm. It's quite straightforward stuff. If they got themselves educated to a decent level, um, they could actually teach their own kids. So if you just sorted your own tajweed out, then you could teach your child. Sure. Mm-hmm. If you had enough Islamic knowledge, then, for example, we've we've got we've uh, produced um, school books now. I syllabus has produced school books, and we encourage people who have done the course to teach them. Mm-hmm. It's a way of reinforcing what they've learned, and also, um, it's it's good one on one with the child because the thing with the thing with after school, madrasa is yes, I know that's the, the standard box standard system we've got. But basically what you're doing is a child's coming home after, what, six hours at school? Yeah, it's a long day. It's a long day mm-hmm. at school. You think of when you've worked eight hours or six yeah. to eight hours, you, do, do you feel like doing anything? You yeah, just no, no, your you're up. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kids are the same. Um, so six hours, they're, they're at school, and then you're making them go for another two hours. That's yeah. eight hours. Add in the extra travel time, say it's half an hour there, half an hour mm-hmm. back, that's three hours. And then they've got to eat. They've got to do their homework. homework. That's mm-hmm. a big ask. This is a big and ask. some of them are doing stuff on the weekend as well. Yeah. So that's a big ask um, from people, and more is not always uh, better. Okay. Uh, so qual- rather quality. Sometimes mm-hmm. less is more. Yeah. Because uh, and I mentioned this in one of the other shows that um, one of the, the things that made me made me almost fall off my chair was a discussion I had with an imam mm-hmm. and we were talking about the school's books, the, the Islam school books of him. I said, look, instead of teaching Quran five days a week, teach it four days a week and one day teach Islamic studies and we've got the books to help you do that. 
and he just said, look, he goes, I've got 30 years of experience of teaching uh, after school madrasas. And he goes, I've got X amount of children. He goes, I, he goes, I know, town to a T, I've got three minutes with mm. each child. Okay. So wow. I've got three minutes with each child. In that three minutes, I've got to um, listen to what the, what the, what the, the lesson was, okay. correct them, and give them a new lesson for the next day. Wow. So I've only got three minutes with each child. And see, when he said that, I, just, I was literally about to fall off my chair because I thought... That means in one week the child is getting fifteen minutes time of quality, of quality actually one time. on one on one on one. Mm. It's actually fifteen minutes in the entire week. So wow. ten hours that you're there, add in say an hour of travel every day. That's fifteen hours, and what's the what's the actual the result, uh, result? is, is 15, fifteen minutes. And I thought, well, if you just spent five minutes with them each day, <laughs> yes, that's actually more than what they get in the madrasa, and you saved yourself. Uh, one hour and 55 minutes plus an hour so you've made, saved yourself two hours and th- 55 minutes each day just uh, by doing it just by doing that if you're saying the travel time is half an hour there half an hour back so would you would you say then if someone was asking would you say it's more the parental responsibility then rather would you push that rather over a madrasa I would say that um, if if the madrasa system was as it as I envisage it I mean, in the future inshallah it should be then it's a different story. Yeah. But if it's the current system that you're telling yes. me, the current um, what we're seeing at the moment, what I see, I'm not happy with the current system because the same system that was there 30 years ago. Yeah, there's been no progression. There's no, no progression. No nothing's change. changed at yeah. all. And um, if I look back at what I came out with or what other people came out with, it was pretty poor tajweed at mm-hmm. the end of five or ten years of, of thingy. Basic, the very basics of wudu, the basics of salat, and that's about it. That's not a huge, you know, result for the amount of time, time and that's, effort that's that spent. we put in. So I mean, the the, peop- the reason that people don't like when like um, what I'm proposing mm-hmm. is because I'm putting responsibility on the parent's parent. shoulder. That means you need to do a bit of hard work. Yeah. That means a bit of you sacrifice. Need to, you need to mm-hmm. basically work on your tajweed, which is going to be time consuming it's going to take you time but it's going to benefit you yeah, and your child and your child yeah. and uh, you know I'm telling you to get yourself educated again that's more work for you to do and then when, when you do that rather people would rather just pay £3 a week to whatever it is at a mosque mm-hmm. and it's basically heavy. like then you're, you've um, done your responsibility that's yeah, a, tick, it's a, mosque, it's a tick a box it's a mosque, it's a mosque yeah. responsibility to do it yeah. but what I'm saying is that that's fine if it was producing the results but if, yes. if any mom is telling me that your child is going to get three minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Then you have to think to yourself: Is this Are the you best doing thing? yourself? Are you doing your child a disservice by by doing that? By doing that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying we should scrap madrasas. Otherwise, I'm going to get into trouble. <laughs> uh, but what I will say is that the madrasa system absolutely, As it absolutely needs to change. Yeah. One of my friends down in Leicester mm-hmm. uh, studied with me. He's got a, a, an institute as well, uh, but he's a bit more switched on, mm-hmm. and he. He knows that the problems, and what he's done is he's um, he's made the class the classes really small. Mm-hmm. So I think each teacher only has three or four children, and he's got multiple teachers. So he's saying that, and he goes, he only tells them to come for one hour. So you know, sounds sounds a bit like it's moving towards a home ed approach. Sorry, sorry to say, coming coming from yes. that point of view, it is because it's it all, it's giving more one on one time yeah. to so the child. So, no so he's what he's what he's worked out is that probably the same thing, same am right? Yeah. That they're actually wasting their time. Yeah. So he's said, come for an hour, mm-hmm. three four children to a teacher. So that's fifteen minutes with a teacher. Mm-hmm. So fifteen minutes 
uh, every day. That's a lot more than yes, what they're getting. Than the three. And then the three. Oh, what, so. sorry to interrupt you there, mm-hmm. but one thing you you mentioned that I just want to pick up on quickly is you were talking about you know recitation, not understanding mm-hmm. um, that there's a lot of emphasis put on recitation in terms of when we are teaching our children Quran. Is there a balance between the two, or is one sort of should be given priority over the other? I mean, ideally, ideally speaking, uh, um, what I would I would love to do is get um, children to learn Arabic as a language, just like they learn French at school, yep. they learn other things at school. Prioritize it. I would, I would like to get them to learn Arabic as a language. Now that in itself is a big ask mm-hmm. at a community level, yep. but this is what I think where we should be heading towards. Um, obviously it requires people who can teach the language, That's, that, that in itself is a, another discussion because yes. I'm a non-Arab who's learned Arabic, yes, and you know how hard um, that is. sometimes it's non-Arabs who are better teachers to teach non-Arabs because it's difficult. Um, mm. You know the difficulties. You know what you, you know. You know how to make, put it in a way that somebody who's not a native can understand. Exactly. But anyway, that's a, a whole oh, other, other discussion. Thing. But in the, in the absence of that, traditionally, what would have happened is the focus would have been on Quran in the early years. Okay. So that's not necessarily a wrong thing to do. Concentrate on the recitation. But it wasn't just recitation, it was memorization. Yeah. So they would memorize without understanding, wrote memorization because And you would still recommend that today. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah and yeah. when we're talking earlier is we're talking up until about age seven. Um no. no. I, I'm talking um from about seven onwards. Right. To be honest. Um so uh, So before that? Up until <clears throat> up until the age of seven. Unless the child's re- ready mm-hmm. um or until at least six or seven I would say that um, it should be done in a uh, a very kind of um, n- not a structured manner. Right. So you know, get them to listen to Quran. Maybe at night time, put on a certain surah before when they go to sleep. Yeah. Um, read the surahs with them in a kind of nice, fun way. In the, in, the, in the car, just read something with them. So basically, you're just you're just um, doing it in an ad hoc way, and not um, you're basically not um, making it a structured, formal process. Okay. Um, I think the thing is because I mean I'm I'm an advocate of the the kind of up to seven years you let them play so um, I wouldn't be pushing them towards uh, reading. So and writing so areas. we're saying then seven onwards that's when we should be working a bit more on tajweed. No, tajweed no? should be there from the beginning. So okay. tajweed should be there from the beginning. But what I'm saying is that before they're learning more from listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be that you put in a, a good gari in the car. Yeah. Um, so they're learning more from listening. From seven uh, or six, seven, you get them to start uh, reciting um, the the Quran like from a qaida, get them to read it, mm-hmm. um, and then when they're when they're ready, maybe seven years onwards, you start getting them to memorize as much as you can, just memorize as much. Whatever you memorize in those years, you will never forget. They say uh, there's something in Arabic. They say al-Nakshu al-Hajar ilmi or something like that. Is that um, that whatever you learn when you're young mm-hmm. is like um, engraving it on a stone. Wow. So you never forget it. And I remember um, one of my friends, he, I mean, he memorized from between the age of six and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he said to me that even years uh, later on, if he, he goes, I should be reciting all the time, because if I didn't recite, he goes, it wouldn't take me much. For, to, for to, me remember. To, to remember because he goes I did it so young so whatever you do at that age basically sticks so so we're, we're talking about Quran how important that still is it's still a priority mm. you know, what else would you suggest in terms of, of those 
you know, that hour or whatever as a parent that you have at home with your kid? So like I said, the early years, the, the, the younger they are, um, there should be more emphasis on memorization. Okay. I mean, traditionally what they used to do is, I'm not saying that we should do this, but the traditionally what they used to do is, to do is they used to get the kids to memorize poems. Because mm-hmm. uh, kids, you know, kids yeah, like singing, kids like... like stories. Yeah, so they like just that, like this, yeah. they memorize, and what they'd do is they'd summarize subjects like fiqh, um, tajweed really uh, hadith yeah. in a poetic yeah, form yeah. And, and that's Akida. amazing and basically they would just memorise it as poems wow. as kids and then when they were a bit older maybe when they got to about 9-10 years old then they would start teaching them what was in the poem so the logic behind yeah, it because it's already in their brain yeah. they would basically just unlock it for them and say okay this means this this means that and then so it means that teaching would become easier and it'd be it'd be like um, uh, ingrained in them so that is the traditional system. I'm not saying we, I think what we do is we tweak it in our own way. So I would say um, Quran memorization, um, loads of stories. Yeah, stories of Sahaba, stories kids, of kids the Ambiya, love, Kids Israel. love stories. And you have to be um, obviously a bit wise in which stories yeah. you read. Some stories are not uh, the things that you, you tell. Not a bedtime story. Yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. Especially uh, some stories of wars and things like that. Yes. They don't really need to know that no. stuff. It's about more about um, creating a love for the topic, a love for the subject, an interest in it. Yeah, I mean, I think prophet, prophetic stories are brilliant. Yeah. They're absolutely brilliant because um, the prophets are the best of people. And the the lessons in those stories, they will need them throughout life. Mm-hmm. And they're going to come back to it. So, you know, if you if you go through how like, the prophet, Sallallahu he went through difficulty, mm-hmm. he went through hardship. Mm-hmm. Um so that means when the kid goes through difficulty or hardship, they can relate to yeah, it. Yeah, that's their reference point. Yeah, that's their reference yeah. point. Or even later on in life when they're having difficulty, they will come back to uh, um, the seerah. So mm-hmm. the seerah, um, stories of the prophets, and there's lots of books now yeah. on, on, um, on, on prophets. Um, just other people, just just interesting stories. So stories and the Quran in the, in the early years, and as they get a bit older, then you need to start explaining things and giving a bit more more uh, of a fixed side of things. Um, yeah, but what you do yeah. is even with even with the way traditionally you teach teach fiqh is that you start with a very basic book, okay. tells you the very bare bones, and then you do another more advanced book. Same system we can use. So yeah. with kids, we teach them very very basics, mm-hmm. uh, the very very basics of salah, and then as they get older, we add in uh, more and more uh, detail uh, for them. Well, that's great. And then obviously by, by the time we're getting into the high school, so the teenage years, um, hopefully by then you've laid some kind of solid foundation. Mm. Um, but again, teenagers now coming home from school, we're entering exam phase, you know, this kind of, there's less time available even with the parents and stuff at the end of a long school day. Um, what, what are you thinking should be being, and I would say encouraged rather than taught by that age, because you can still teach a little bit, but really it's more than about encouraging rather than... I think, uh, I mean, you have to be sensible. If you see, look, human beings, um, our our egos, our nafs is such a way, if you if you put a burden on it, mm-hmm. burden on it, it doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. So if you make the Quran a chore, mm-hmm. if you make Islam a chore, oh my God, yeah. right? They'll go and do it begrudgingly. But I think, see, see that is um, sowing the seeds of negativity. Yeah. So you're associating Islam or Quran, something negative. Mm-hmm. And what you need to do always is make it a, an enjoyable, positive experience, so that they always, they always, when they think of Islam, when they think of the Quran, it's a positive feeling. Mm-hmm. So, um, if it's exam time, 
just let them okay you've got exams I understand you concentrate on your exams once the exams over and the holidays will catch up mm-hmm. and, 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 the ki- and kids have huge amounts of holidays if you think about it. if you yes. add up the holidays it's about it's about a quarter of the year yeah. or something so there's plenty of time to to do that mm-hmm. I think one of the problems I think is that people compare the children to other yes. children yeah. So even and there's even, a lot of judgment, isn't it? Yeah, because even yeah. mom saying, "Oh, ha, 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 have your children learnt this? Have your children learnt that?" Because I was on a TV and I saw this three-year-old just memorised Quran. <laughs> I'm like, well, We've uh, all been there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that three-year-old, you know. But the thing is, you can get the child to do anything at early year, and you know yourself, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean they will um, continue that in their adult life yeah. when things change. So it's if important it's, to be confident as a parent that you know your child better than anybody and that, that this is what you want to give it some thought and think this is what I want for my child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think there's, I don't think you should be comparing your children no. to other people. Yes. Or they've they finished the Quran. I know lots of people that finish the Quran when they're nine, ten years old doesn't mean that they read Quran today. Yeah. Or they're still at it. Yeah. So just because they do it very quickly doesn't mean that it's going to last yeah. forever. But if it's done properly, yeah. if you do it properly, if you don't push them until they're ready and you make it a positive experience, you make it enjoyable because, like I said, less can be more. Mm-hmm. If it's quality, then um, they won't feel it as a chore, they yes. won't feel it as a burden, and they'll just they'll just basically do it easy. And, and the example of that is Salah. Yeah. So if you're praying Salah in the house and the kids come in and they mess about and they, they might do a Rui Rago and they mm-hmm. might do a and they run off, yeah. um, and I've been in, I've been in homes before. I'm about to pray, and they call the kids. Oh, you pray as well. And I, and it's and obviously the parents want the best for the child, but I can see the kids not interested. Yeah. So I'll say to the kid, Oh God, you know, and, I'll, and they're like, Oh, I don't have wudu. I'll say it's okay. Don't pray without wudu, because they are not. Um, they're not at the age of puberty. Before puberty, they're not responsible. Whether they pray or they don't pray, it doesn't make a difference, yeah. right? What you want to do is. Make it, don't make a burden for well, them. Well, you want to make them love it. That's yeah. the thing. So, say, you don't have all that's fine, come yeah. here. Uh, so, okay, just pray the fard with me, okay? And then, what I do in that, in that salah, I make it very, very, very short. short. Mm-hmm. So, make it short so it's not burdensome. I say, right, now you can go. So, they feel, oh, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. So, next time you want to you want to pray? Yeah, okay. Because it's not a burden. If I yeah. start doing long surahs in the salah, make them go and do wudu, pray your sunnah, pray your nafal. Yeah. They're going to think, oh my God, yeah. I hope he doesn't come again. Here we go again. Yeah. You know, so yeah. again, it's about being clever, being smart, that is quality, not yep. quantity. quantity. It's about, is this is is the, is the child enjoying this experience? Mm-hmm. If they enjoy the experience, they will fall in love with the religion. Well, as adults, we know that, you know, if you love something, if you love what you do, or you love a job, or you love something, you're going to choose to do it again and again. Exactly. So it's the same for kids, exactly. really. You exactly. make them love yeah. it, and inshallah, they will choose it themselves. Well, that was, that was really interesting, and that's some, there's some good tips in there. But um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, in terms of parental responsibility in our faith, are there certain topics that you think are best covered by the mother with her children or and by the dad with his kids? And, and is there sort of the gender divide there, and, and should we be uh, looking into that? Uh, I, I don't think there's anything, uh, in, there's no hard and fast rules. I think it's whatever works for the parents. Sometimes, you know, the the mother's good at something and the father's better at something else. Basically, you've got to look at your strengths. Mm-hmm. What is your strength? <clears throat> if my strength is fiqh and I've got a really good way of un- mm-hmm. uh, making somebody understand fiqh, then it makes sense I teach the fiqh. Mm-hmm. If my wife is really good at tajweed and that's you know she, she's got a passion for it, whatever you're good at, because the thing is, 
again, remember, children pick up in everything. Yeah. So if you're if you're teaching with passion, yeah. if I'm if I'm passionate about what I'm doing, that passion comes through and they absorb that passion. Yeah. But if I'm doing it like a chore as well, yeah, and you can't be bothered. You know, I mean, I'm yeah, like, oh god, I need up. to teach my kid now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that comes that vibe comes through. Yeah, of course. So basically, it should be whatever. Um, that parent is good at. So yeah. if, the, if the father's good at a certain subject, the, 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 the mother's good at a certain subject, whatever you're good at, mm-hmm. teach that because that is the passion's going to come through, the quality's going to come through, and it's going to be a really positive thing for the child. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it can be it can be together as well, especially when it's discussions. Yeah. You can have discussions together, but one person might be leading it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting and also good to know. And I think we've, we've covered a little bit, you touched on a little bit there, if, we, if you had a child who maybe wasn't so interested um, in in what you were trying to teach at the time and you were saying just just back off, don't don't um, force the child into it, that I think makes a, a lot of sense. I think we've all been there at a time in the past, traditionally how Islam has been taught to us as children, certainly our generation, definitely the generation before, is really really taught from that idea of um, force, whether you like it or not, you just need to learn it and, and this is it. So it's, it's a really good way to approach it with kids uh, in this way. Um, my last question to you is, in terms of building religious resilience for children, um, what do you think in our faith or that we can impart from our faith gives a child the ability to, to go out into the world and practice their faith on a day-to-day basis? So a child at school maybe wanting to pray Salah out with his friends, you know, it's time for Salah, you know, how does how does the, the kid approach that kind of thing? What do you think is, is a good way for us to be imparting that? I think w- one thing you have to instill in your children is confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so they should be confident in what they are doing. It doesn't really matter what anyone else is doing. It's all about... Um, that that child itself, that's the first thing. So there has to be if the if the child suffers from lack of confidence, they will they will they will struggle. Yeah, that's be confidence. There has to be a, a teaching of why. So don't be shy when they ask you why do we do this, why do we do that. Don't know the answer, go and find out. Yeah. So explaining why we do things. Um, I would say also uh, stories of the prophets are, are key here because yeah. if you look at all the stories, they all struggled. Yeah. If you look at Yusuf alayhi salam, just the, the story of Yusuf, I was reading it in Tarawih the other day. Um, it's an amazing story yes. of, of how he starts off. Many lessons. So many lessons mm-hmm. and he ends up in the well and then he gets sold into slavery and then he gets yep. imprisoned. Um, Comes across temptation. Yeah, just, you um, know. Um, well, that's another discussion. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, our kids today—that is what they're coming across, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. teenagers. These, yeah, these know? are things. So yeah, these are these are things that 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 when he gets seduced, these are things that, that may happen to them. Yeah. And he goes to prison, but he does the right thing. thing. Yeah. And what happens at the end of the story? He ends up in a really good position. So you say that look, it might it might be difficult, but the end is is going to be good. The prophets are some stories, the same thing. Lots and lots of struggles in yeah. the beginning. If you look at all of the the prophet prophetic stories there's an element of struggle and you say these are the best of people and yeah. they struggled um but um you know there there ha- there is always going to be an element of struggle in life but you have to do what is right irrespective of what everyone else is doing you have to do what is right and you i think a lot of it's got to do with discussion you've got to be yeah. able to discuss be with open. your children mm-hmm. be involved in their life talk to them and then one of the things i think is is really interesting is when you uh, look at people who've done something in history, um, there have always been people who have not followed the norm. Yeah. They've not been, if they were following the norm, they wouldn't have done anything. Mm-hmm. So you have to explain to them that, look, you know, some of these great people, you know, they were people who 
Nelson Mandela went to prison. Yeah. You know, all these kind of people. Look at the, the, the achievements they made, Malcolm X. Yeah. All these people that we know of, um, they may have difficult. They may have had difficulties. They may have been ostracized by their own societies. Yeah. But look at what they did. Do you want to be somebody that does something in life, or do you just want to be another? number yeah and something to remember is that kids really respond to story and so the more concrete examples you can give them the better and we're better than than our prophetic yeah, and examples. also bringing bringing your own examples yeah um, of mean, your own struggles yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that so, yeah I mean, you know I, I mean i remember my school days yeah. i remember the challenges i had yeah um but you say look you have a choice either you can follow the crowd and just be like everyone else yeah. um or you can be something different but make a, a mark in life so basically, you're saying, you know, all the, the teaching and the Islamic teaching that we're doing really always goes back to being a mindful parent, of being involved in your child's life, being aware of what you're teaching, being aware of how your kid is feeling about certain things that you're teaching, and being just open open to communication. Yeah, yeah. And I think understanding that every, every child is different. Every child needs uh, something different. Yeah. You know, some of them need a lot more insur- assurance. Then some of them are, are fine. And yeah. don't don't compare them. Well, look, your brother, he doesn't yeah. have these issues. Why have you got issues? Yeah, comparing you know, Worst thing you can that's do is the worst thing. That's the yeah. worst thing. And just say, look, that's fine. You're feeling like that. That's okay. I sometimes yeah. feel like that as well. Yeah. M- making them feel it's okay. It's all right. It's okay that, that sometimes you do feel like that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe talk about how you cope with things, how you overcome things. Yeah. Because if you got to remember that for them, you are a significant person in their life. Um, for a long time they think there's, that you're absolutely perfect don't they that's quite a revelation to them sometimes when they find out that perhaps you're not yeah, <laughs> so yeah, perfect yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and that comes but that, that, depending on how you've been um, how you've brought them up mm-hmm. um, but if, if, if you've been doing a half decent job yet that yeah. should be the case yeah well thank you um, Sheikh Hamar today they've gotten uh, some really good points across inshallah may everybody take benefit from it For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.